Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. Sorry we were off for a little bit. We were both pretty busy, but we're back now. We're ready to talk about all the terrible things that are happening in women's soccer. They're not all terrible. Some of them are pretty cool. Gab, what are you drinking? Nothing. I'm at an airport, which isn't mutually exclusive, but I'm I'm not drinking in a bar because that would be too noisy. What are you enjoying? this afternoon i'm enjoying gains and protein (laughs) (laughs) what are your macros like i have no idea what that means i just go to the gym and like work out until i feel tired (laughs) and then you eat a burrito until you don't feel hungry anymore it was like grilled chicken and veggie burrito so it was vaguely healthy right totally totally um until you put sour cream and guacamole on there there's no sour cream. There's guacamole's good for you. It's got like it, fats and proteins and stuff. It does, but so's the chicken that you had. I need more protein for the gains. There you go. I'm trying to there get swole. Go. Are we or are we You're... not too swole fans? Oh God, I need to. I need to contribute to that. I will start <laughs> maybe tomorrow. Okay. I need to look and see what my schedule's like, but I need to start going back to the gym. <sighs> I forget that that you're holding me to that. Yes, I am. Also, you don't need to apologize for us not recording because our plan was to take off breaks when NWSL took breaks. Oh, that's true. And NWSL really took a break because Sky Blue couldn't even make it to Chicago for the match. Although that one wasn't really their fault, right? There was weather. Like you, they totally. I'm. I'm. I don't think it's Sky Blue's fault, uh-huh. but the Sky Blue fans made it to Chicago. <laughs> yes, they did. And then when they showed up at. Uh... Rentschler Field in Connecticut, they all looked like they wanted to die. <laughs> That's a lot of time in the car. Yes, it is. I salute you. That's hardcore. But at the same time, I don't know if I would have done that for Boston. I, You would have done it for Boston. You totally would. Dude, we drove from Boston to Rochester for the Thorns. Yeah, I drove from Boston to Rochester for Boston a couple times. True. Yeah, there you go. You just, you should have dreamt bigger and gone all the way to Chicago. Uh, No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, some stuff happened and NubiaSL, you know, kind of went on uh, the weekend before Tournament of Nations really kicked off. Some pretty close results. It's about what you'd expect from a bunch of teams that were all missing their starters and national team players. Not just Americans, but Brazilians, Japanese players, and Australians as well. So let's see. Utah Royals, North Carolina Courage. That was a 0-0 tie. I said it would be 2-2, so at least I got that it would be a tie. You said Utah was going to win 2-1, and... You know, Utah didn't lose, I guess. So, but yeah. So that's a win. I guess. How did Utah have North Carolina's number like that? Because North Carolina was missing, like, their midfield. True. Orlando, Seattle, 1-1. Guess who nailed it exactly? Me. It wasn't you. Oh, you. Yes, it, it was me. Thank you. You guessed it, uh, Orlando was going to win one nothing. So, you know, we both had a sense of how this game was going to go, at least, you know? Um, and then Sky Blue won, Portland Thorns 2. <laughs> you know what? 
you and I, I think we both started watching this game against Sky Blue and thought, oh, Portland's going to blow them out like four or five to nothing. And then it was just, that didn't happen. I think Sky Blue kind of pulled it together and Portland took their foot off the pedal a little bit. Well, that was two nothing in seven minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I was seriously I was seriously excited that my prediction was going to hold true. I know. You predicted 5-0. I predicted 3-1. So, a little bit closer, but we both get the same number of points. Exactly. <sighs> Somehow. <laughs> Our system is flawed, and this time I will take advantage of it. And then, last of all, Washington Spirit 0, Houston Dash 1. We both predicted Houston would win, but we thought there'd be more goals in it. I said this would be 2-0 for Houston. You said 3-1 for Houston. But once again, I think we we both had a sense of like, uh, yeah, this is probably Houston's game to lose. Houston's making a run for it. Indeed they are. Let's look at the rankings. Two, three, and four are very tight. Yeah. Very, very tight. Houston is sixth, but they've got 23 points. Chicago's fifth with 28, so that's two games they both have the same number of games played and orlando sitting at four is at 19 so every team at two three five and six has a game in hand over orlando mm-hmm. i think it's still it's... it's still wide open one through six and then if utah can pull it together maybe a late run towards fourth i i would say it's wide open two through six mm-hmm Mm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure one is uh, secured at this point. I, I don't really think uh, anybody's making a run for number one anymore. So here's a fun story from Tournament of Nations. Uh, Marta was getting interviewed in like a mix zone, and uh, I think she got asked about NWSL, and I don't know how she came to the subject, but she was trying to explain how North Carolina was just dominating everyone, and she just pantomimed one fist punching into her hand over and over and over again. That about describes the rage theory that we've had for North Carolina this year. She's not wrong. Okay, speaking of Marta, so that was NWSL. We'll come to score predictions at the end of the episode as usual. Tournament of Nations is ongoing. I had the privilege of seeing Marta score right in front of my eyes, although I was kind of rooting for Japan in that game. Well, let's focus on the United States first. So first game, USA-Japan, 4-2 blowout. I know you're kind of not watching the national team right now still. I've got reasons. Yes. I've got reasons. Valid reasons. Your reasons are valid. Very valid. But I still follow the news. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So we had Alex Morgan Hattrick and a Megan Rapinoe one to grow on in this game. And the Hattrick, it wasn't the cleanest Hattrick I ever saw, but anytime a player gets a hat trick, you can't just be like, oh, it was an accident. It was deliberate. And I think a lot of it was Alex Morgan kind of, you know, you know how when you, you're trying to make dinner, but you don't really have a clear cut recipe ingredients lying around, but somehow you no, pull together I, something. No, I actually don't even attempt dinner unless I have all the ingredients necessary. Wow. No. So I'm an animal and sometimes... <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to bother going to the grocery store, even though I live like a 10 minute walk away from one. So I'll just like cobble together whatever I have in my kitchen. And sometimes it turns out great. And I think that's a little bit what happened here. Megan Rapinoe and Alex Morgan, they were like, well, we don't quite have all the ingredients here, but we're both like really, really, really good at this. So they turned out something 
like Michelin star level in the end anyway. So, you know, scoring a hat trick against Japan, yawn. Carly Lloyd did it in 2015. Wow. Wow. Alex Alex Morgan is just trying to be the new Carlos <laughs> with her captain's armband and her hat trick. You know what, though? I mean, Carly Lloyd did it in 2015 against a World Cup caliber Japanese team. And this is a Japanese team that's, they kind of rebuilt a little bit. They were like, all right, 2015's over. Time to, you know, they're going through a little bit of the same process we are, where they're transitioning out of the veterans and into trying to integrate younger players. So they're also building towards 2019. I think the United States is maybe a little farther along than they are. There are just so many parallels between the United States and the Japanese team, especially between 2011 and 20, you know, today. It's it's pretty ridiculous. But let me read into that. Are you saying that Alex Morgan's hat trick was not nearly as impressive as Carly Lloyd's? Wow. You're really, like, trying to put a, a target on me here. <laughs> <laughs> if people are listening to us, they already have our targets. They've already dialed into what we're what we're gonna ping a hole in. Um, actually, it might be better because Japan just seemed really off balance. Like the United States went up so early in 2015, Japan was just like kind of reeling, and in this game, Japan Japan was knocked silly in 2015. Yeah, and in this game, Japan they weren't quite as off balance in that way. And the United States wasn't firing in all cylinders until Alex Morgan managed to pull that out. So they both have their their admirable qualities here. I don't think you can necessarily directly compare one to the other. I'm really annoyed that you're not just letting me have this easy layup. Fuck you, man. A, I'm a diplomat. A <laughs> you know me. Look you at know that. me. Look at that like good political answer. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's your business degree talking right there. And then we have USA-Australia, 1-1 tie. Australia really took us for a ride, boy. Oof. I mean, this is going to be why France is going to be so much fun. It's true. I saw a lot of comments that USA-Australia, you could make very strong arguments. That's number one versus number two. Like, ignore FIFA rankings, just based on the play we've seen this year. And then watching that game. That looks like a number one versus number two game. We should always ignore FIFA rankings, number one. Number two, absolutely. I mean, Australia is doing everything that they need to be doing. Um, and they're, they are going to be the team to watch. And it's, it's kind of funny watching everybody jump ship from the, women's, the U.S. Women's National Team and pick Australia. <laughs> but... I mean, the reality of the situation is we've been talking about how NWSL needs to be a sister league to the W League and how the players just need to have summer and winter homes in both locations, right? I love that Australia has done what they've done in, what has it been, seven years? Yeah, I, uh, I maybe the wheels were turning a little bit before 2011, but... When was Tom Sermani really at the wheel? When when did Jesus take the wheel? Yeah, when did Sermani, when when did Dad Jesus take the wheel? So, um, he managed Australia in the modern era from 2005 through 2012. Jesus. He was laying so the foundation he for this. So he started this program 13 years ago. Yeah, he's been laying the foundation for this for a while. 
Good on him. I, I kind of wonder what Tom, what did Tom Sermani look like in 2005? Probably. Do you still have the white hair and the big mustache? He probably a little more Do we have photographic evidence of him in 2005? I can look up Tom Sermani 2005. He looked a bit younger, actually, and his hair was a little bit cleaner cut. Wow. You, Tom was, you know, bit of a bit of a catch when he was in his prime. Well, uh, uh, this is implying that he lost a bit of that sparkle. Uh, I am un completely unable to judge. I have no idea. I don't know what the mindset of like forty to sixty year old straight women is. I mean, we should maybe put that quiz out there. I think Tom is happily married, so <laughs> it's all null and void. Okay. Yeah. I when you think about it, so Sam Kerr is now twenty four. And she got her first cap at 15, so about nine years. It tracks a little bit towards, like, you know, Tom Sermani's been in the job a little while. He sees this kid, and he's like, okay, I see her potential. And then, you know, caps are at age 15 in 2009. Every, all the groundwork that he has been laying is, is coming up roses. And I'm just a little sad that he's not still involved in that program. We could have had him involved in the United States, but <laughs> oh, oh boy. Speaking of That's player awful. revolts, did you see that Grant Wall reported there was a player revolt like last year or something that didn't take? I did. I saw that. And it's like, you guys, you did it too many times, like with Tom Sermani, and now you tried it again with Jill Ellis, but Jill, unlike Tom, had a World Cup under her belt. And apparently, uh, Sunil Galati, and then leading into Carlos Cordero, they were like, no, it's not going to happen this time. And, I mean, you don't have the weight of the same players throwing around. You, you, you didn't have the same players throwing around their weight in the same way. That's that true. Time. That's true. It's different if, like, Abby Wambach is leading a player revolt as opposed to... Right, or Hope Solo is is talking about how, you know, unhappy she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say Carly Lloyd, but I don't think Carly has that kind of weight anymore. And she gave an interesting quote after USA Australia. I asked her about... So her role now in the past two games, and a little bit before that, she's a sub for the national team now. She comes off the bench, and Jill usually puts her in as kind of a center forward. And she said, you know, she respects the decision, but she said this is the fittest she's ever been. And people want to talk age. They can talk age all they want, but I feel super fit and healthy at 36. And then she said, you know, I still have a lot left to give this team. I want to win another World Cup. I know how to do that, and I think I still can totally impact this team. So, I don't know. We've You and I have talked before about the level of self-belief an athlete has to have in order to function at this level. But do you wonder if, like, she truly believes that, you know, she has a major contribution left to give at a World Cup? Maybe she does? Or do you think, you know, she's it's transitioned into kind of lying to herself a little bit? I don't think it's transitioned to lying to herself, but I think Carly Lloyd has always believed in the team mentality and kind of realizing that everybody plays a role in the team. And to be honest, she's the vet. Who else is the vet on this team? I guess you could look to Becky Sauron, Kelly O'Hara. Um, hopefully Kelly would be healthy in time. 
there's more people from that 2015 roster who are still around. Oh, I agree, but Carly Lloyd, I would I wouldn't say Carly Lloyd is of the 2015 roster or even the 2011 roster. I would say she's, you know, the 2008 roster. Who on that team has been around for 10 years? Nobody has really been around for 10 years. Maybe maybe Megan Rapino? Um, so that 2007 squad the only player who's also still playing, but not even on the national team, I guess that would be Heyo, actually. Really? Carly and Lloyd wasn't even on the 2007 squad? No, she was. She was. It was Heyo, Carly, and Nicole are still, Nicole Barnhart are still active players here. See? So Carlos has to be the best. She has to be, she has to be that ESPN story next summer of carrying the torch. You know, how they love to do the articles about the 99ers and then all that different jazz. Like, that's Carly. You know, I will give this to her. She also is the vet in the sense she's she's put up the big numbers in the big games. Yes, there's, totally. uh, there's other players coming in who have had, you know, big, crucial moments. Megan Rapino obviously has had one of the most famous, like, uh, make-or-break moments in the program's history in a World Cup. Um, I think Becky Sabrin, you know, she's pretty calm under pressure. But if it's a 23-player roster, if you drop Carly Lloyd, who would you bring instead, like, out of the current roster who's not there right now? Oh, good God. That is a, such a difficult question because you're, what you're saying is not who would replace Carly Lloyd, but if everybody moved up a notch, who would then swoop in? To the bottom, and I, I think it's gotta be somebody who's, who's on the U seven, you know, U seventeen or U twenty. Mm. That's that's the frustration that I have with Jill right now is as she's preparing for the next World Cup, we're not seeing a ton of kids. This is the same problem we had with Pia. We're not seeing a ton of kids, and this is the success story that Australia has right now. They're playing their kids. Let's see. Of the young kids on this Tournament of Nation roster, there's obviously Tierna Davidson. She's still in college. Rose Lavelle's youngish, but she's still in. It's like it's her second year in the like league. She's a pro. Yeah, she's a pro. I mean, Lindsay Horan is a pro, but she never went to college. So <laughs> Lindsay Horan didn't go did to college. Did you know that? Wow. Did you know that? What did she do instead of going to college? She like went to Europe and played. Wow. She must be pretty good. I know, right? All right. And we've got Sonnet, who's actually not, you know, uh, a dewy-eyed kid anymore. She's pretty She's pretty experienced. I'm telling her you called her old. <laughs> I said experienced, not old. I speak your code, man. I speak your code. I am very experienced. Wow. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to judge you. That's, you know, I'm actually a little envious, but... Stop it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I would love to know more about the U-20s. I would love to know more about the U-17s. Well, the U-20s are about to have a World Cup. Right. And and I want coverage. I want... We should talk about the U-20s. We should watch that. We should... I probably am going to watch the FIFA U-20 I, World I need Cup you to help me watch In that. France. It's in France. It starts August 5th. Should we go? Should we just go? To France? Do you want to pay for me to fly to France? At the last minute? May I have miles? I We could do some recon. I don't think you have Boston to France last minute miles. 
No, I don't. No, no, you don't. So we're going to be watching I, from I here. Don't. All right, fine. Okay. Fine! Well, actually, really, really quick, we can look at the United States roster for, and maybe pick out some of the names that, out of these names, let's see, there's Izzy Rodriguez, ne- Naomi Gurma, Zoe Morse, kind of in the defense. We've got Brianna Pinto. She's been up in national team senior camp. Uh, really? From the midfielders. Yeah, she's 18 right now. Uh, Ashley Sanchez has been up in camp. She's 19. Sophia Smith, Jill Ellis has called her in as well. She's 17. So these kids are all kind of like nibbling at the edges, but I think you're right in that. Oh, I think Jalen Howell has been in as well, and she's 18. So they've been nibbling at the edges. I think Jill has been kind of like, she's letting them know she has her eye on them, but you're right in that she hasn't really integrated. Meanwhile, Australia was capping a 15-year-old during Tournament of Nations. Fake tournament. <laughs> Australia almost won, and I was like, "What if Tournament of Nations didn't? Weren't you the one who was like, what if Tournament of Nations is just Australia's tournament from now on?'" Yeah, yeah. Like the U.S. hosts it, Australia comes and wins. They go yeah. sightseeing. They're like, "Thanks, mate. Bye. Until next year." Yeah, and unfortunately, that's going to be the reason why it's never like an official tournament. Because the United States can't be having Australia, correct? Winning their turn, yeah. U.S. soccer would never sanction a tournament that. Uh, they did not dominate it. Wait, that's not true. They do it all the time in men's soccer. Yeah, well, uh, Children's Mercy Park, Kansas City, attendance 18,467. Wrenchler Field over in East Hartford, 21,570. And the Kansas City one was a weekday game. So do you want to make the point, or do you want me to? I think you have more feelings about this than I do. Why is Tournament of Nations showcasing former NWSL cities, and how the hell are they selling these things out? When soccer NWSL teams had to leave those cities or folded, and now U.S. soccer can come in and sell out these stadiums? Like, I just do not believe the hypocrisy that is U.S. soccer. And it's just, it's more fuel to my fire of why the boycott why my personal boycott is going to last a very long time. Like, how, how, how do you let a city that did not support the, your NWSL teams that you are backing, that you are financially supporting, and then you reward them with this international tournament? Flabbergasted. Absolutely flabbergasted. So I have, I have two thoughts here. One being... SCKC, I don't think they were particularly good at marketing in the area. Actually, maybe three thoughts. The second thought being, I think we've seen by now that the national team and NWSL overlap is really not as big as the league and the federation would like it to be, you know, for marketing purposes. And last of all, is it a chicken or an egg thing? So if U.S. soccer doesn't go to an area, does interest in women's soccer die? Or if they go to an area, does it help keep interest in the women's side alive? But so, if so the do... side has already died, if the chicken has already died, don't go laying more eggs. Don't bring more chickens into the area? Try to get don't more eggs? bring more chickens into the area. Like, there should be a quarantine for a little while. You should go to farms that are friendlier to chickens? Yeah, why not? Why not go to places that will treat the chickens better? Or maybe places that you are thinking about for expansion? Yeah. Well, 
I, I just fundamentally do not understand how U.S. soccer makes some of these decisions. I was about to say, well, they've been to the West Coast recently, but the last one was San Diego and San Jose in January and then last November. And then since then, it's been Midwest, Florida, East Coast, you know, Texas. They've been hopping around a fair bit, actually. It's a big country, yo. It is a large country. It's, so, it's, it's a big country. I'm just saying that we know where some fertile ground is. And if you're building something, there are plenty of NWSL markets that could use some more support in advertising and marketing who maybe aren't selling out their stadiums or getting, you know, league high numbers or anything like that. There are other places where U.S. soccer could infuse that type of attention. Next game. Now, deep thoughts. Deep thoughts. USA Brazil, August 2nd, close out the tournament. Uh, Brazil struggled a little bit against Japan, even though it wasn't, you know, the best Japan side I've ever seen, even though, you know, Japan, the, the fundamentals are usually always there regardless. I mean, I, I really enjoy watching them play live. Brazil also really struggled against Australia. Like, they kind of scooted one back at the end, but I think they looked very vulnerable in lots of places, uh, set pieces. I have the very first word I wrote down in my notes for Brazil is chaotic. There we- uh, I mean, what year is that note from? 3,018. <laughs> They're weak at set piece, depending. Um, they do have some speed in the front. To chase down some balls, so I think de- defense is gonna have to lock that down. But they were keeping that relatively locked down against Australia. If they start Barbara, the GK from the first game, she's pretty big weak spot. I guess we'll see. I'm looking forward to this. Maybe we can close out strong and nobody gets injured, and we can all go back to our teams and they can compete at 100% health for uh, the NWSL championship for playoff spots, you know, stuff that matters. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. You know what? The other thing, okay. My other tiny rant, Uh I really hate that tournament nations and this like champions cup thing Uh have real trophies. The, the tournament of nations trophy is really nice. (laughs) Right. I'm like, these are classy trophies that don't look like a spatula. How do I get my hands on one of those? Maybe you and I should just pull our money together and make a really nice trophy and then take it with us <laughs> you know to what the we championship should do? game. We should take a class and learn how to make a really nice trophy. Like a metalworking class? Yeah, like a blacksmith or something. I mean, And I we know, could learn how to make swords, too. I know some of the basics of blacksmithing. I mean, I've watched enough uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, oh boy, okay. Let's just scoot ahead to NWSL predictions. Okay, cool. Okay. I've got 15 minutes before I gotta run to my airplane. We got a jet, literally. So I don't think uh, national team players will necessarily be back because USA Brazil is August 2nd. Oh, well, they might. And then we've got games starting on August 5th. We have four NWSL games on the 5th. If they do come back, I would be guessing limited minutes for anybody who's back. Are there any West Coast games? I know Portland is in North Carolina. Where's Seattle? There's a Seattle game. Seattle, Washington. Uh, that's a bummer. Because I was going to say, I mean, they're already on the East Coast. It's not really that big of a travel issue. They're in Chicago. Which I guess is... Still a, not that 
big of a travel issue. Yeah, that's a that's a sh- pretty short hop if you're headed towards the uh, East Coast. And how nice. They're in an NWSL market. Hmm. Uh, funnily enough, even though some of them are in Chicago, Chicago does not play on Sunday, so it's not like those players get to just stay at home. Oh my god. I know, I know. Oh, I just want to be in logistics for U.S. soccer so bad. Alright. North Carolina Courage hosting Portland Thorns. That's, that's first game of Sunday. Salins. Oh, you go first. Okay. Even though Portland's playing. (laughs) You don't have a team to go first for. Sorry. Sure I do. I I love my garbage children, Sky Blue FC. Right. I forgot. Never mind. I'll go first. I'll go first. So you can go first for that one. Okay. Thanks. (laughs) I love my garbage children. Um, Oh, boy. Uh, I'm going to say one to one in North Carolina. Okay. I mean, North Carolina, it's not like they had a break. They were playing in a club tournament. They beat Lyon. So but in Miami. In Miami. And, it, it, you know, that does mean that they're the best club in the world, apparently. I heard a lot of griping about that, though. A lot of caveats, a lot of, yeah, but conditionals. And, you know, some of them are fair, and some of them are like, mm, just enjoy it. <laughs> right. Heather O'Reilly just- scored, you know, a game-winning goal. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Just smile and nod. The only problem that we're going to get to is if anybody tries to be like, definitively, this means that NWSL, like North Carolina, is the best team in the world. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, probably we'd need to play this out a couple more times to really get a sense of what's actually happening. And I would point them at a calendar. Well, look. That that would be my definitive thing. I would say it was a... Okay, so the other thing sorry to cut you off the other thing is look at how long it takes european players to acclimate to nwsl physical play it's not like it's a mystery though like they don't know what's going to happen they have like nearly a season's worth of footage that they can look at and a bunch of players who know what the deal is to tell them look in america it's just go 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 i think lucy bronze even said something post game she's like wow you guys aren't lying americans really do just go 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 Right? Like, but, could you imagine Marta explaining NWSL versus playing in Europe? But I think that was, you know, uh, a Lyon, pretty much a team in preseason, but playing um, a kind of off-kilter North Carolina B-plus team at best, although, yes, they are deep in the middle of their season, and a lot of their the players they called up have already practiced with them. So there's there's pluses and minuses on both sides here. I would say just enjoy this first one and hope that it sets up a, a better, more heavily marketed and better attended, not schedule clashing follow-up next time. You know what I would enjoy? NWSL teams going to another country. Ah, should turn like in favor. Like Australia yeah. or something? Yeah. Interesting. All right, so I got to give my prediction from North Carolina, Portland. <laughs> um, I think this is the one. One to two, Portland's going to win. Oh, Sorry about the jinx, it. guys. Wow. Yeah, okay, that I was know. you, not me. I'm I know, sticking with I know, my I know, prediction. I know, I know, I know. Orlando. Because you do better than I do on this one. Orlando hosting Sky Blue FC. I'll go first. The, sorry, Sky Blue. 
I mean, yes, Orlando's not going to have starters, probably. Key starters, like Marta, Alex. But it's not like Sky Boo particularly missed much. 3-1 to one for Orlando. Mm, I'm going to say 2 to nothing, Orlando. Okay. I think you might beat me this week. I'm a little too optimistic here. Isn't that sad that Sky Blue, I'm predicting they get three, beat 3-1? Three, That's optimism. Yeah. Houston hosting Utah Royals. This one's tough. Um, I'm going to say 2-2. Two to two. Oh. Yeah, I think this is a good matchup. But I think... You and I talk about momentum. I think Houston has more momentum right now. So 2-1 to one uh-huh. for Houston. There you go. Yeah. My no longer garbage children, Houston. <laughs> all right. All right. What do we got next? All right. And then Seattle hosting Washington Spirit. <gasps> Seattle at home, and it's the Washington Spirit. Mount Pugh, though. Is she going to be healthy in time for this? That's a question. No. Probably not. Three to one for Seattle. I'm going to say four to nothing, Seattle. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. They're at home, and Megan Rapinoe's feeling it. Yeah, but she's been giving it her all in this tournament. I mean, does she have an off button? I think she's just going to keep going. Maybe, maybe. Maybe two or three days of rest after hopping Chicago to Seattle will be enough time for her. She'll be excited to be home in front of the crowd. If I were Jill, I would rotate her out a little bit against Brazil. Uh Maybe she starts, but she only plays about 65 minutes. Probably, hopefully. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what kind of fanciness brazil has because she gave a lot what they bring to the what they bring to the, the table yeah pino gave a lot against australia so i would want some rotation there as we know jill is jill and she has her own ideas about rotation sometimes good uh-huh. sometimes bad we'll see meanwhile that's i love i love that you're giving jill credit for having her own ideas <laughs> last game utah is hosting washington that's tough. Oh boy, for Washington. they're just coming from a spanking in Seattle. Because well, Utah will be traveling from Houston at least, so Washington hopping over to Sandy after playing a game on Sunday. They're both kind of in the same boat. Two to one, Utah. Okay, I'm gonna say two nothing for Utah. Yikes. Sorry, Washington. And then very so, last of all, we're so close. Your prediction: USA Brazil. Oh, three to one, USA. 4 nothing USA. Oh, boy. Talk about Look jinx. Look at you. You're so patriotic. Ugh, gross. Yeah, I mean, you said it, not me. That was our episode this week. Let us know what your score predictions are in the comments for club or for country. We'll be getting around all sorts of stuff next time. You and I probably need to talk about, like, FIFA shortlists. We got some Julie Foudy controversy. We got some Never Meet Your Heroes feelings. And then we'll have a whole nother week of NWSL to talk about. So looking Yay. forward to getting back into it this last stretch before playoffs. It's it's always wild when it comes to playoff race. We also need to talk about what's going on with New Zealand now. Oh my god, Andreas Haroff resigned. Bye. We have so much to talk about. We might as well just record another episode right now. <laughs> <laughs>